0: You're listening to the Emerging as Me podcast with me, your host, Caitlin Cox, a show to encourage and uplift you. With my personal stories and impactful guest interviews, as we work through the hard stuff together, we will empower one another to persevere through all of life's challenges. We'll cover it all from marriage and motherhood, living in rural communities, loss and hardship, and how to keep faith alive while finding hope in your everyday life. The journey of life, as I have learned, isn't always a direct path to success and happiness. I'm traveling down life's winding roads, learning to navigate as I go, always growing and emerging with new perspectives and understanding. I'm constantly emerging as me through all of the things that life throws my way. So join me on this journey as we choose to emerge as better versions of ourselves every day. Let's get into it, y'all. Hello everyone. I'm glad you're here listening to episode 3 of this podcast and I am excited today because I have a really special guest, Emily Russell. If you're not following her on Instagram, you should be. Emily has had a really huge impact on my mindset, the way I define my priorities and the way I look at setting goals now. And I know she has a lot of magic to share with y'all today, so here we go. Okay, so can you tell me or tell everyone a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and kind of what it is that you do? Absolutely. I'm so honored to be here,
1: Caitlin. I'm <laughs> so excited and so proud of you. Uh, my name is Emily Russell. <laughs> I live in the middle of West Central Illinois on my husband's family farm, which is ultimately what brought me to you and so many women in our community. But I did not grow up in agriculture. I grew up in what I thought was a small town in the St. Louis area. and looking back on it, I just laugh at myself. like I really thought we were in the middle of nowhere. I was fifteen minutes from downtown St. Louis. like we had everything. <laughs> but as luck or fate would have it, I found myself a farmer and farms don't move, so people do. So found myself up here. We grow corn, soybeans. We have a six-year-old, four-year-old, and I'm due in October, our first harvest baby, which is going to be a so whole fine. new adventure. <laughs> so I'm just glad it's my third for a harvest baby. I think if it was my first, I would be mm-hmm. a nervous wreck about it. But I'm like, just please be there for the delivery, and then yes, it's fine yes. after that. It's no big deal. Mm-hmm. It'll, it's going be fine. But as far as what brought me to the work that I'm doing today – professionally, I was an elementary school teacher. I thought that I would be a teacher for the rest of my life. Like they write country songs about that stuff, right? The teacher and the farmer. And, you know, I always envisioned my kids running into my classroom after school, that just whole dream. And I did that for five years before having a total unexpected divine intervention, leap of faith kind of moment where I left the classroom for a local nonprofit where i really learned within myself what was possible for myself you know i'd kind of really bought into this narrative of teachers teach and that's all that we know how to do but here in this rural nonprofit i was the marketing department and overseeing youth and family programming and learning about fundraising and balancing a budget and having employees and it just really expanded my mindset around oh wow here are all these things that i would have never had the opportunity to do but I actually really like and I'm really good at. And then about halfway through my time there, I was postpartum with my second and was depleted in every sense of the term. I was like pumping eight times a day. Here I have this newborn and this toddler. I was coming off the tail end of running my summer camp program, which was like 150 kids, 15 staff, 12 weeks, like God bless you. I was you. just running on, <laughs> yeah, I was just running on complete empty. And, you know, looking back on it, I had been operating like that for a long time, giving every part of myself to everyone else around me. And it just finally caught up. And I'm like, this is not what I wanted my life to look like. like. I have a job that I love. I have a husband that I love. We have a farm that's you know, going well. We have these beautiful children that I'm like angry at when I get home at the end of the day, simply for existing, because I'm so freaking tired. Like Mm -hmm. I had not taken care of my body whatsoever. And I just felt terrible, terrible. And was like, something has to be different. And so that's what sparked a health journey that brought me to the world of personal growth. And so all of a sudden I was understanding health from this really 360 view, I think, like many of us, I had spent college, you know, on the elliptical or trying this thing, wondering why I didn't feel good when I was like going out six nights a week. I mean, yeah. come on. No diet was going to help that. Um, but I was like, I just want to feel good and I want to do better for my daughter and I want to feel strong and healthy and energized. And so it's in that season that I started understanding habits and goal setting. And Without being dramatic, it totally changed my life, just like the entire perspective around what was possible for me and my body and my mental health. And so, you know, not only did I lose like 60 pounds in the process, which is the least interesting part of it, but I just completely changed my mindset around what was possible. And so here I was fully immersing myself in this world of personal growth online while also really struggling to figure out who I was as a farm wife or as a woman living in a rural community. And so I had started following a lot of people in that space also. And at the time, I felt like I was kind of living in two worlds. Like mm-hmm. Here I am really interested in goals and habits and health and parenting and personal development. And then here I also am on this farm with this family that I love, but like, what's the intersection between that? And at the time I didn't see any representation of that conversation. So I did what any sane person would do in the middle of a pandemic and started an Instagram. And mostly just because I wanted to connect with people like you, Caitlin, who are also, you know, in small towns, but just crave intentionality and are wanting to have those types of conversations and so it's like the biggest cliche to say one thing led to another and 2 years later i left my full time what i thought was my dream job to jump straight into entrepreneurship which is what's brought me to today so really the work that i do is helping women in rural communities and small towns connected to agriculture really live life with intentionality and purpose whether that's building habits you know reframing their mindset changing their family dynamic starting the business like living the dream whatever it is because i think for a lot of us in small towns we buy into the narrative like oh if i really want to do something with my life i need to leave i need to go to the city there's more for me out there but i there's nowhere else in the world i'd rather live than where we do but i also want to have a really awesome purposeful intentional life so ultimately i do that through small group masterminds in person retreats my podcast gather and growth public speaking, one-on-one coaching, content creation, all of the
0: things. (laughs) So I when you said something about COVID and how you kind of started sharing and you were like, because there was nobody else out there that you could find, you know, that was kind of doing those things for people like you. Mm -hmm. So during COVID, I had had, I just had my first baby, Kate. So he was born March the 4th. And then two weeks later, the world shut down. So we, when he was born, there was like 10 people there at the hospital with us. (laughs) And then two weeks later, like nobody, but maybe your husband, your spouse could be there in the delivery Mm -hmm. or like, you know, visit anything. So during that time, I was at home with him because everything shut down, couldn't work. In North Carolina is where I had a shop at the time, so they shut down salons and everything. So I decided to just stay home with Kate for like six months, because I mean, what what else was I going to do? And I remember mm-hmm. kind of, I mean, nobody could go anywhere. There was no community, no gathering. It was really hard. Mm-hmm. And I remember kind of like like you said, looking for like minded people on Instagram that kind of lived the Mm -hmm. same lifestyle as me. I mean, I'm in a rural community. I'm married to a farmer. But at the same time, Mm -hmm. I was kind of like you in that I had my own separate career. So everything wasn't like all about the farm for me personally. But it was still very much like my lifestyle and a big part of who I am. And there was just no one out there in the world Mm -hmm. sharing about us. And I know I've always Mm -hmm. felt like if I go places Or, like, different classes or things, events I've gone to in bigger cities or bigger areas, people find out I'm married to a farmer and, like, where I'm from. And they think I'm an alien. So, or they just do not relate. But, I mean, it's like we still have electricity and internet out here in the middle. (laughs) Yeah. So, it's just really, it was really nice to find you and find other people that are like us, you know, out there in Mm -hmm. the world. So, kudos to you for for wanting to start sharing that.
1: Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. And that's where, you know, in the space of personal growth and personal development, there was so many good conversations happening, but I'm like, okay, but that doesn't work here. You know, like there just wasn't that transferability, like get up and go to the gym. Okay. Well, that's like 30 yeah. minutes away. Like. What does it look like to pursue goals and build community and get intentional with habits while also integrating into this lifestyle that is beautiful mm-hmm. and wonderful, but also unpredictable and chaotic? Mm-hmm. And so that's what really got me interested in, in starting the conversation is how do we hold space for both?
0: Yeah, to talking about people like in agriculture and like unpredictable lifestyles mm-hmm. and, and busy So here we have just started Corn Harvest. So I think we've been, it's been about a solid week now since my husband started. So we are full-blown crazy wide open. And Mm -hmm. so far we have had one ear infection, teething. (laughs) I think the boys have woke up like three nights out of this week and like woke us up in the middle of the night for like 30 minutes and just, you know, so it's been wide open a harvest mm-hmm. season. So, what are your words of wisdom for people going through? And then there are people listening that maybe don't have agriculture lifestyles. So, just busy seasons, I guess, and like the chaos. Yeah. And what are your magic words of wisdom for people going through something like that right now?
1: I think that for me, what I've learned is to adjust my expectations. I think a lot of us feel and this isn't even exclusively in busy seasons, like we have to do everything to this unrealistic gold star standard that constantly traps us in this cycle of never feeling like enough. Like It doesn't matter if you did 872 things in the day, your head still hits the pillow and you're like, oh, I'm a bad mom and the house isn't clean enough and I didn't do this and I am not showing up at work at the way I went to, etc." So in those exceptionally busy seasons, or even just in Seasons where life is hard, whether it is something unexpected that's happened, whether it's something with your health or your mental health. I think for me, it's really come down to like, what are the, what are actually the priorities? Does the kitchen actually need to be spotless? Chicken nuggets are great for dinner. Honestly, that's yes. what my kids would rather have than anything fancy I make yes. anyway, you know? We do
0: we do a lot of chicken nuggets around here. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: And it's like, hey, there's protein, they're gonna get an apple and some carrot sticks, and we got all the food groups. That's good. So first of all, just understate which I know we can say it out loud, like, oh, I can't do everything, but like we still try to. So maybe it's a matter of you sitting down with your partner um, if you're in a relationship and figuring out like, okay, these this next chunk of time or the foreseeable future that's right ahead of us, like what are our greatest priorities and what are we okay with taking a step back from? Like no is a complete sentence. You don't have to Mm -hmm. do everything. And then I think easier said than done, but it is still so important. To make the time and space for the things that actually make you feel your best, whether that's going on a walk, whether that's prioritizing your water or your daily gratitude or visiting the chiropractor, whatever that is. I think a lot of times when we feel like we get caught in the whirlwind of life, we put ourselves dead last place. And then that just makes it harder and harder every day to continue showing up. And we get to, like the point I did at the end of that summer before I started my health journey where I was so such a depleted version of myself that I didn't even recognize myself.
0: That kind of goes right into what I was going to ask you about what was the straw that broke the camel's back, so to Mm -hmm. speak, where you were at that time that made you finally – like it clicked and you realized we've got to change something.
1: Yeah, it it was – End of August, and I actually distinctly remember, I was like sitting on the couch in my living room with, gosh, this like beautiful baby girl. She's like almost six months old at that point. And I'm like about to cry. Oh my gosh. And <laughs> just having that realization, like I had made it through the summer. I Like I said, I was pumping like eight times a day on top of nursing her around the clock when I was home. And I was just like, this is not it. And I think a lot of us have moments like that. But then an interesting thing happens. We suddenly like guilt and shame ourselves into feeling that way. Because here I am, I've checked all the boxes. I have such a beautiful life. Everything on paper is going well. Like Nothing is theoretically wrong. But I'm like, this is not what I wanted my life to look like just from a day in and day out basis. And so it was definitely that moment where... I don't think that I had any different access to information that I did before. I think we just get to a point where we're like, oh, who is it? There's someone who says like, you actually, you can't actually change your life until you're sick of your bullshit. Can I say that yeah. on your
0: podcast? Yeah, you can say that. I've ar- already closed in both first and second episode. So you're good. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Um,
1: but I think there is so much truth to that because none of the information that I was taking in was probably any different than I had heard before. But sometimes it's hearing something in just the right way, even if it's the 32nd time you've heard it, and it was like all of the pieces clicked into place. Mm -hmm. And looking back on it, I don't think it was an accident because when I look at the trajectory of what my life and career has looked like, I had learned so much about the world up until that point. And then that was really the point where I had to start learning about myself which became the domino effect into the life and work that I'm doing today. Mm-hmm. So, it's just really cool to I think sometimes the seasons that feel like the most painful or destructive or like why is this happening to me? Um, you know, mm-hmm. looking back on it, we can find the lessons that we learned and the appreciation for what we went through and how it uniquely set us up for what's to come.
0: Absolutely. That's so perfectly said because I always say that like some of the hardest times that I have gone through or me and my husband Ace have gone through have, it was hard going through it, but I would not change anything because it taught me so much and I grew so much from it, even though it was absolutely awful in the moment. It taught me something. I feel like God Mm -hmm. um, places you in those paths for things like that to happen. He doesn't promise. I always have to remind myself that this is earth. This is not, you know, Mm -hmm. heaven. Like the world is not a perfect place. Bad things can happen. Mm -hmm. But we have to, to take it as it comes and you have to learn from it. Or you can just sit there and be defeated and let it just consume you. You just have to choose your heart. Are you going to face it and work through it or are you going to sit there and just let it take you? So, yeah.
1: You know, reflecting back almost a year ago. So, I had been running really hard in my business. I'd been bringing a lot of stuff to life, starting my podcast, launching my website. I was, you know, doing all the things. And I got to this breaking point where like I was so proud of everything I'd done, but I started to recognize this pattern of like burnout. <laughs> when I think about the classroom and mm-hmm. think about, um, you know, transitioning out of the why. and I started to recognize that in my business. And the interesting thing about being an entrepreneur is it's you versus you. And it is like the most forceful, beautiful, painful version of personal growth you can find because there's no team to hide behind. There's no boss telling you what the expectations are. It's you figuring it out. And so this time last year, I kind of hit this breaking point with my mental health where I so many of these things from my past, from my childhood, from forever had finally caught up to me. And, you know, like you said, that moment of like, am I gonna face it or am I gonna, am I gonna run from it? Am I gonna keep my head down? Mm-hmm. And I'd been keeping my head down for a really long time about a lot of things. And I just had this moment of surrender where I was like, I cannot. Do this anymore. And this was like a whole different season of life than that, like, moment that started my health journey. But I was like, you know, I am the bottleneck, not only in my life, but in my business. And so it's the thing that got me into therapy and starting, like, down a, a functional health path. And it was a really hard season. Like, when I think about the end of 2022, beginning of 2023, but I'm, I have so much gratitude for it. And it was very much a moment where, like, yeah, I could keep. Just pretending like this isn't happening and doing the work. I've very successfully done that my whole life. I'm an Enneagram 3. Like, something hurts, I'm just going to work harder.
0: <laughs> I'm married to an Enneagram 3, so I know exactly mm-hmm. what you mean. Anytime that we have gone through something really hard, really tough, Ace mm-hmm. just, like, works nonstop. Mm-hmm. Like, And he, he can yeah. do that anyways, but it's, like, times a thousand if he's, like, in a state of grief or dealing with anything. So, yeah, Yeah. I completely relate to that. I've seen it play out in front of me. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But really taking that step to start therapy and start untangling so many of these hardwired beliefs around myself and my worthiness and my enoughness and my relationship to other people was A really hard, ugly process. Like anyone who's been through EMDR, like that will make you feel like you have gotten run over by a semi truck. But on the other side of that was like this newfound freedom and lightness and understanding of the world that, you know, not that I did it to be able to help people better, but the more you do the work within yourself, the brighter light you can be and the better you can help recognize in other people, like the way that you can Use your experience to to serve them and guide them through their own journeys, so was it hard? Yes, was it worth it absolutely,
0: yeah, yeah, I can relate to kind of your story of how you know you in the career you were in and you hit the burnout because I look back mm-hmm. at the beginning well the end of twenty twenty two I was really kind of like that fall. So I had had my second child April of 2022. So he was, you know, six months or so. I was teaching and just overwhelmed, just completely overwhelmed with work and farm life and a toddler and a baby. It's very similar stories. But I remember that fall is when I found your podcast and I would listen to it back and forth, like driving to work and stuff. And then Christmas time, I remember we also moved. So we switched houses with my mother-in-law over Christmas break. So that just like kind of, you know, (laughs) it was just like throwing more (laughs) wood on the fire that was already burning. Mm -hmm. So I remember just at Christmas, I was so overwhelmed. And then the beginning of the year, we all got COVID. It was just like bam, bam, bam. And then I was scrolling Instagram one night and I saw, you know, the retreat. And I think I did watch a live video. It may have been Maddie that y'all did a live and I watched it. And this is like midnight one night. So I just kind (laughs) of click it and I'm like, okay, this sounds like it is speaking exactly to me. Like I need to go there Mm -hmm. because I'm feeling all these things that she's saying. So I signed up. Didn't tell my husband he was asleep in the bed beside me the next day. I was like, hey, Ace, guess what? I'm going to Missouri in March. He's like, what? You know we're going to be spreading chicken litter. Like, it's going to be so busy. But he was like, okay. I told him about it, what it was for. He's like, okay. He recognized that I needed to go. So I went and then here we are that kind of started the wheels turning on, you know, the path that I'm on today. So with that being said, let's talk a little bit about the retreat and kind of how you came into like the idea of, I want to host a retreat that brings these women together, Mm -hmm. that like helps change their life. So tell me kind of like, I guess Mm -hmm. your thought process on how you got that going. Yeah. So To really get
1: to the beginning of that, I have to scroll back to 2021. So I'd been sharing on Instagram about a year. I had recognized by that point that it was time for me to leave my current position, which was really hard. I loved it. And this is something I think a lot of us struggle with is when we work so hard for a career or anything, and then we recognize that it's time to leave a good chapter. Like the mental and emotional drama around that, like, That had been like a whole nother four months of, oh my gosh, like, why am I so lazy? Why can't I do this? Why do I not feel the spark for this like I used to? Anyway. So I processed all that and had recognized, okay, like maybe if this isn't a moral failing on my part. Maybe I've just outgrown this situation. But, you know, living in a rural community, there's only so many options. I knew I wasn't going back to the classroom and likely any job that I'd be qualified for or interested in is 45 minutes in the opposite direction. That didn't quite feel right. And so I kind of started looking at positions online. Andrew, my husband, had vaguely talked about the idea of entrepreneurship. And so we were like, maybe we'll get cows and do direct beef. Like, Mm. I would hate that. Why do we think that was a good idea? (laughs) Uh, We've always been like vaguely interested in like agritourism. So we're like, maybe we'll do the whole pumpkin patch thing like I'd been working with kids my whole career again like that was not the path for me but I happened you know kind of similar to you been saw online someone in the rural agricultural space Natalie Kavoric post about a retreat that was specifically focused on you know growing an online business and Instagram growth and things like that and which wasn't even necessarily the trajectory I wanted to go down but just had this overwhelming feeling of I need to be there. And now I understand in the work that I do that that is a sign that is indescribable that you cannot rationalize. Like Mm -hmm. you know, talking to my husband, I even had an opportunity to talk to a coach that I got connected to online. And I just kept saying, I don't know what I need to be there. I don't know what I need to get out of it. I just feel like I need to be there. And she told me, then go and just let your goal be that you want to be open to the opportunity. So It was an incredible experience, literally the catalyst that changed my life. And I remember being there and not only starting to conceptualize what it would look like to go all in on this like little Instagram account, you know, (laughs) that I had created, but also just like really go in on myself. Like I hadn't even considered the possibility of building my own brand or doing the kind of work that I was doing online just for free as a hobby because I liked connecting with people, but actually doing something for myself and my family from it. And it was in that space, you know, like at a retreat where people are like, well, have you thought about this? Or you're really good at this or you're already doing that. What if you did this? And it was like, "Ah." all of a sudden the world of possibility was just so big. And so I came back the next day and told my boss I was leaving. And he was like, yeah, I, I know. Like, he was a smart, wonderful man, and he saw the writing on the Mm -hmm. wall, stayed for another eight weeks to see through that season of summer. And then that's when I jumped headfirst into entrepreneurship. But to circle back to your original question, sitting in that room listening to the coaches talk, I just kept thinking, I want to be them. Like, I want to create this in my own way for someone else, or I want to be invited to You know, help people at this retreat. And so that's what really planted the seed of, I need to bring people together. And looking back on it, like that's what I've always done in the classroom. I was a camp counselor. I was super active in Girl Scouts. One of my gifts has always been collecting people and creating community. And so I had no idea what that was going to look like at the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey, but that was kind of always the long game of this experience transformed my life what experience can I create based on the needs that I'm seeing to also be a catalyst in changing someone else's so it came with a giant leap of faith of all right I'm gonna book a house in Destin Florida and you know I found some friends, um, some coaches that bought into the idea and just said yes to doing it with me and I put it out there and said, hey, come to Dustin! And I had such faith from the beginning that it would be an incredible life-changing experience. But ultimately, the first one was kind of selling a concept of, I am so rooted and grounded what I think that you are going to get out of this. But I had no... like. <laughs> hard, fast evidence that it was going to work. And it did. And it did even better than I could have ever imagined. And so my first was in Destin. You came to the second that was in good old Branson, Missouri. <laughs> and here in a few months in March, um, I'll be hosting my third in Gulf Shores, Alabama. So we're going back to the beach.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of jealous. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, that was also a really good lesson too, because after Destin, there were so many People who said, oh, make it in the Midwest so I can drive there and I'll be there. And you know what? Well, more than half of the people who came to the Branson, Missouri retreat flew in from South Carolina, Pennsylvania, Canada, (laughs) California, Oklahoma. So it was definitely a lesson in don't create what other people say they want create what in your heart, you know, is right and what you want to do. That's true. That's
0: that's true. (laughs) Little
1: side tidbit. But yeah, it's, it's incredible because in so many ways, Ascend has completely become everything I ever expected and dreamed that it would, which is really cool when you have that like gut instinct to do something and then you just say yes and step into it, even though it's scary and you don't have it figured out and you don't know if people are going to like it. It's like putting yourself out there in such a big way. But in so many ways, like at the end of every retreat, I just sit there in disbelief when everyone walks out of the house. And I'm like, how did that just happen? Like there is so much energy and what can only best be described as magic or divine intervention or something like there is just something that happens there. And I just am like, I am so lucky that I get to be a part of this.
0: You're going to make me cry, Emily. (laughs) You're make me like cry. i'm really you know? i'm really tearing up a little bit <laughs> <laughs> but it's
1: like you know i all, all i did was say yes and i'm not discrediting like my talent and what i do but i am not exceptional in that i just had a calling and said yes even though i didn't have it all figured out i didn't know what it was going to look like like people ask me oh, how did you leave your job like what did your business plan look like and i'm like i jumped in with a whole lot of faith Blind, stupid faith, and it's been not that it's been easy. Like I said, it got me into therapy, which was well overdue. (laughs) But you know, I think there's just so much power when you feel like you're like you're being pulled towards something, and whether that something is a business or sharing online or reaching out to someone or being home with your kids or changing the way you parent or homesteading or whatever. And when you can set aside that ego and that need for perfection and that need for control, and you can say, okay, I'm listening and I'm here and I'm ready to embrace the journey. Like, it's incredible what happens. Not only does your life change, but other people's life change. And that's the coolest part about not only the retreat, but the, you know, everything that I get to be a part of now.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, thinking about the retreat and you talking about it, like I started having flashbacks and it really did. It was, I don't know, it's so hard to explain, like people that weren't there, they just don't get it. I mean... Yeah. If you're feeling the pull, like I just felt, like I needed to be there, <laughs> like you were saying, like I just felt like something was mm-hmm. telling me, like you need to, you need to get your butt to Missouri and be there and figure your life <laughs> <Yes>. out, <laughs> and that's what yeah. I did. It like put into per- perspective what I said my priorities were, but what I was actually mm-hmm. putting before those priorities, and yeah. just made me look at things. And like, just stop and take a minute to look at how I was living my life and be like, is this really mm-hmm. what I want to be doing? Is this really how I want to feel the rest of my life? Do I want to sit here and be miserable or do I want to like take the steps to change it? And yeah, I had the gut feeling in the pool. And just like we're sitting here doing a podcast interview. Uh, A year ago Mm -hmm. today, I would have never, never thought Mm -hmm. that I would be doing this, but it's kind of something that I just kind of had the idea and I was especially, I guess, Ascend kind of gave me that idea and maybe not immediately there, but then after I Mm -hmm. came home and then just thinking over some conversations that we had had with different people, Mm -hmm. bringing up ideas and I'm kind of like, okay, well, maybe, maybe I have some stories that, or that I could share that could help people. And why Mm -hmm. not do a podcast? Why not me? You know, it kinda changed my mindset that like there are people out there in the world that will listen to my stories and it might help them. And I mean, if they don't listen then they don't listen. What are they gonna do? You know, I mean, like I always say, they can't eat me. (laughs) They
1: I I cannot tell you the number of people I have told that phrase to that regularly use it. Like, you are a well-known staple in every mastermind group I facilitate.
0: I love it. You
1: make a podcast episode on that one, so
0: I can – everyone can see it. I think I did. I talked about that statement in the first episode. So it should be in the first episode. <laughs> Perfect. We're gonna have to
1: distribute that to the masses because <laughs> it resonates so much. But yeah, I, I love that you bring that up that like there's there's no way you could have predicted what you're doing today. And that's what's so beautiful and complex about Ascend. You know, the the gurus say, niche down, like make it for one specific type of person with one specific outcome and So often people come into Ascend either not knowing, not anticipating what they're going to get out of it, or having a very concrete expectation and having that like blown out of the water. Like there is a through line of women who typically live in rural communities, are connected to agriculture, and just are really craving that intentionality of what does it look like to live my life on purpose? What does it mean to pursue growth? What does it mean to be an intentional community? But otherwise, the thing I love the most about Ascend Retreat Weekend is it's a process that guides you to coming home to you. And I can't tell you what that looks like. This isn't the like, you know, here's the 10 step program to be a successful entrepreneur, or here's the five things you need to know to live healthfully or whatnot. It it looks so different for everyone. And that's why I think it's so transformational because it's a chance to take that step back, to pause and to really listen and to dig deep and have people ask the hard questions and ask yourself the hard questions. And it's like a breath of fresh air when it's all said and done. But like you said, it's so it's so hard to describe, which means it's so hard to market. Yeah. <laughs> hey, come come cry in a room with a bunch of strangers. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it has to be the stories because they speak for themselves because we see pieces of us in each other. And, you know, Caitlin, we might have a lot of differences in what our lives look like, but that those feelings of something's not right. My priorities are not in alignment. That guilt of I've worked so hard for this. What do you mean I don't want to do it anymore? All of those little pieces are what bind us together and what make someone say, okay, I don't know what this is going to look like. I don't know why I'm flying to Branson, but (laughs) I'm going to go and I'm ready to say yes.
0: So I'm just so glad you did. I'm glad you were late night scrolling that night. (laughs) I know. Me too. I'm glad I went because something had to give. I could not keep going the way I was going. That's for sure. Yeah. So a lot of what the podcast is going to be about or is about present tense because it's happening now um is like hard seasons that we go through Mm -hmm. as people as women and how we can kind of grow through it we can choose to grow Mm -hmm. through it or choose to let it defeat us so I want to ask a question at the end of every episode if I interview someone so my question that I'm going to ask is what is something you've learned about yourself from facing a hard season in your life
1: Ooh, that's such a good question.
0: And so timely, like I shared, I feel
1: like I've learned so much about myself in the past year, really the past couple of years. And when I think about, you know, back to that late 2019, early 2020, like personal growth was really fun and exciting. And it it taught me like just what kinds of hard things I could do and what was possible for myself, which was exciting. You know, going from being the opposite of a runner to running a half marathon is like the most empowering thing ever, 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 ever. And when I say I was the opposite of a runner, I mean the opposite of a runner. And so, you know, that season of growth was hard and intentional in its own way, but like very gratifying, very cool. But when I look at the past year And what that season of growth has looked like. It's been messy and ugly and hard and scary and like just icky in so many ways. But I've come out on the other side with such a deeper sense of myself, like a deeper love of who I am, a deeper appreciation of my enoughness regardless of what I will ever do or accomplish in the world, regardless of what anyone else has to say about it, in a way that I really had an unhealthy attachment to before. Now I understand where that comes from after much therapy. And so I think the biggest thing I've learned about myself over the past couple of years is, you know, why I do the things that I do and how that serves me. And also when it doesn't, how to have compassion for it instead of shame, but then also how to rewire to move forward. So I now know that absolutely anything is possible. I could bring anything to life that I set my mind to, but I don't have to. I don't have to do anything other than what feels aligned and what makes sense for every other priority that I have in my life outside of my like external
0: validation
1: or achievements.
0: And that's that's gold right there because not making yourself feel shame is huge because I feel like women in general, it's so easy to just feel like ashamed or have that feeling of shame and just learning to give yourself yeah. grace and forgive yourself.
1: And to really meet yourself where you're at. You know, we know we compare ourselves to other people and social media exploits that. But we also are really bad at shaming ourselves within ourselves. Like, we'll be like, oh, well, I used to be able to get up and run and train for a half marathon, but now I can't. Like, gosh, why am I so lazy? And it's like, well, I'm in a totally different season of life and dealing with a lot of different things that I wasn't at that point. Like, mm-hmm. it's okay. It, it's even deeper than than grace. It's like understanding and compassion. Like, what do I need mm-hmm. in this very season that I'm at right now and loving that for what it is and then using that to understand the ways we want to grow and move forward.
0: Yeah. And that's kind of where like the name of the podcast, kind of like what I wanted it to mean, Emerging as Me. So it's not typically just meaning like me personally, but just, you know, us people, you know, Emerging as Me, like you go through life and you go through different things, different seasons. And it changes you. And I think it's taken me like 30 plus years to realize it's changes. I mean, change is inevitable. Like we all know that, but really like understanding that concept that emotionally and mentally feel like we're going to change and grow or, you know, everything ebbs and flows. All the seasons are mm-hmm. different. And i I've had to like recognize, especially now with kids or especially young kids that Things in my life are going to be way different now than they may be in like three years from now. And although it's like chaotic and crazy and I can feel easily overwhelmed, I'm trying to like stop myself in the moment and take a breath and like really enjoy those moments because I know that I'll miss them one day. Yeah. And not take them for granted. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So I'm really glad I had you on today. I'm so excited. Me too. Um, I will link to the Ascend retreat link in the show notes too. So people can find it and your Instagram where they can find you and everything. Sounds good. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Emerging as Me podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a screenshot and share it with a friend. This helps me spread the word and touch more lives. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. To continue the conversation, you can find and follow me on Instagram. Talk with y'all later.